We have heard some frightening statistics from Canadian business leaders and also from restaurateurs. Uh, and it, it just doesn't look like an easy go. Uh, I'm reading today in Blog TO that Prohibition Gastro House, which is an institution at the corner of Queen and Broadview, now out of business after 13 years at that corner. And if you live in the east side of the city, you know that place. Likely, we are finished, the restaurant's owner telling Blog TO we are out of business because of the pandemic. And did you hear this? That researchers studying the case, uh, studying a case in China, have found that an air conditioner in China blew viral droplets from one person who was asymptomatic further than they might normally have gone, and as a result, nine other people across three families later got sick. These are people that were in other parts of the restaurant, and. You know, all of that kind of information means that going forward, when restaurants are allowed to reopen, maybe they're going to be saying, well, listen, you can't run the AC. You can only have a third of your capacity in here. 416-870-6400, your stories and your challenges for the restaurateurs, restaurant owners, the servers, the bartenders, and what you think the future will hold for the restaurant business in Ontario and in Toronto. And a new survey from Restaurants Canada shows that many eateries across the country just won't recover. James Rillett is the Vice President of Restaurants Canada, and if there aren't more long-term solutions quickly, according to James, there will be widespread closures within three months. We actually broke it down into sectors. So um, the most worrisome thing we saw was 50% of restaurants, independent restaurants, uh, are are sure that they won't open, reopen after this is over. Um, that's that's a worrying stat. It, it it's basically the heart of the industry is the independent restaurants, and uh, and you'll see that just torn right out. So. Independent restaurants, obviously in a lot of trouble. What does it mean for chain restaurants? Well, just because they're owned by corporations doesn't mean that they will survive. Almost all multi-unit uh, owners, such as chains, um, expect to, to close some of their um, some of their restaurants. So we don't have actual numbers on that, but uh, that that will uh, seriously affect all the other um, restaurants. And the the main thing that people are worried about is rent, um, because mm-hmm. basically, if you don't pay your rent, you you don't have a place to reopen when when this is over. Back to James for one more. And what is it the industry is asking for from government? I think the quickest thing that they can do is is put a moratorium on evictions and lockouts uh, for commercial leases. Uh, they already did that for for uh, uh, residential uh, leases, but uh, we just want to take that off the table. We don't want somebody to to be saying you're not going to have somewhere to open uh, come come time. So what do you think the future is for the restaurant business in the city? 416-870-6400, your calls in just a moment. But on the line is Michelle Facon, who is the owner of the Barrow Restaurant and Petty Cash Bar. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. So what's uh, the prognosis for your restaurants? Uh, my business partners and I are, are talking about uh, a number of things. Um, of course, we're speculating on how many people, guests, 
uh, are we going to be able to welcome and what the rules and regulations are going to be um, on that. I think it would make sense to have a percentage based on square footage that you might have. Uh, of course, there's going to be social di- distancing uh, measures in place. So what does that look like? Not only for revenue, but for ambiance and, and experience. Uh, as consumers, we leave our homes to go to restaurants for that experience. And is that still going to be the same when we, we open? And if it's not, um, how do we have to now recreate that experience for our guests so that they feel like it's worth going out for dinner and spending our the money that we have? Uh, we're also thinking about labor. Um, what percentage of our labor is going to come back uh, or, and is going to be needed based on how many guests we're allowed to have? Um, what's the reopening cost? I don't believe enough restaurateurs are thinking about what's this going to cost to get back open. Your inventory, your training, you're going to have to retrain your employees. Uh, it's, it's been 60 days since we've, we've been serving guests. Um, could be 90 days. So these are some of the things that we're thinking about, both for employees, for guests, for operations. And uh, to James's point, uh, I do believe restaurants, some will throw in the towel, some will open, but then realize 30, 60, or 90 days after that, they might close because customers didn't come back and behaviors changed a bit. I think there there are two interesting things there. One on behavior. Let's get to that in a moment. But first, my question on limiting capacity. We all know that profit margins in the restaurant business are generally razor thin anyway. So how does it become economical to actually operate a restaurant if you can only have maybe a third of what your uh, license capacity might be? Lease agreements. Um, we are going to have to work with landlords that square footage that we used to pay is impossible unless we can have 100% of our occupancy come back, which is not going to happen. So it's going to be very interesting to see how um, any retailer um, will be working uh, with their landlords in finding something that makes sense because what we used to pay for in rent makes absolutely no sense right now. And then to the whole idea of, you know, what we have now been conditioned to expect. I, I think the, one of the great unknowns is, you know, even if they were to say, you know, everybody go back to normal. I mean, I just don't know how long it's going to take for the residual impact of being hammered day after day. Keep your distance, keep your distance. And I mean, what does that mean for, you know, going out, whether it's to a restaurant, to a bar or even a theater? It. it, it that's a very good question. And I don't believe until we have a vaccine that people are going to be moving freely. You, you, you see individuals at grocery stores right now with a sense of anxiety. I believe consumers will have that uh, consumers in the restaurant industry will also have that same anxiety, but I'm also thinking about the employee having that the mental endurance to go to work every single day, thinking about, social distancing, how do we deliver a good experience without being able to properly communicate with our guests like we used to? Uh, It's a great question. It's one that we're spending a lot of time thinking about. What is the the immediate future for your restaurants? Are, Are you trying to do takeout, trying to take advantage of the fact that you can now deliver alcohol? We have not. Uh, we have chosen uh, consciously not to do that. Um, 
we it, it is a, a big undertaking. Um, it's one that we didn't shy away from because it was a big undertaking. It just didn't fit the model. If you look at what I think, believe is going to happen with consumerism and how restaurants are going to have to behave is we're going to need to embrace digital sales more than ever before. Uh, this might not be an extraordinarily relevant um, case study for all small operators, but you look at a company like Chipotle who just released their quarterly results They've seen a surge of 80% of digital sales now, which is making up a quarter of their total sales. Now, what does that mean for the small operator? Well, you're going to have to embrace digital now, a delivery, pickup, and, and the, the whole idea of ghost kitchens um, is, is now being discussed in the industry. There's a lot to think about. And um, the, the proprietor, the entrepreneur that started the restaurant, who had uh, a master's in culinary is going to really need to increase their business acumen right now. When you talk about ghost kitchens, you know, if you don't know that uh, term, it means that, you know, restaurants that essentially don't have any front of house, that just essentially they create food for delivery apps. And I mean, those were sort of marginalized and looked down upon as like, well, that's a scourge on the industry. You think going forward that all of a sudden people are going to say, well, no, that's the future. That's where we can get some employment. Not necessarily. I don't believe, I, I think it's going to be difficult for restaurants to completely abandon their storefronts um, and go straight to ghost kitchens, but it could be an ancillary product, uh, like a bolt-on to help facilitate those sales if their current restaurant isn't designed for delivery and pickup. Uh, it could be something that is that is helpful. Uh, I'm looking at it. Uh, and, and I'm a student of it right now to see how it is operating and, and how it is behaving during COVID. Because the idea of ghost kitchens a few years ago, we weren't talking about it. It's only been in the past 12 months that we've really been talking about it. And they've had to change their model as well, too. And, and I'm, I'm observing to see how this impacts the industry. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the program. Alan, I really appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. Michelle is the owner of Borrow Restaurant and the Petty Cash Bar, talking about what he believes the future of the restaurant business will be here in Toronto when restrictions finally do ease.